Um, if you'd like to follow along with our scripture this week, you can go to sanctuarysouthshore.org slash Sunday. We're working on the QR codes, I promise. We're thinking stickers. Would that be good? Like on the back of the chairs? Microplay? Yeah. Now that we don't have the boxes? Okay. Enjoy kids time. Uh, and a second in our weeks of readings from Philippians. This week we have Philippians chapter 3. And Paul writes, Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God and Jesus Christ. Let those of us then who are mature be of the same mind, and if you think differently about anything, this too God will reveal to you. Only let us hold fast to what we have obtained. Here ends our reading. This might be a personal question. Anybody obsess over anything? Like just need to get it right? What are, our, what are our things? You don't have, this is like a safe space. You don't have to share. You don't want to. What do you obsess over? Okay, everything. That's uh, that, that checks some boxes. Leaves. Anybody obsess over leaves? No? Okay, uh, yeah. Yes, there is one way and one way only. Evenly, yep, yep, yep. What else? This is, oh, the, the, wait, the way the dishwasher is loaded? I, yeah, I see an eye roll next to you. I just, like, quit while you're ahead. This is cathartic space. You can just let it all out. That's next week. you got to stay tuned if you want this to resolve. There is this, like, nagging little thing um, that I have always noticed in kids when they're um, at a piano recital. Anybody ever been to a piano recital? Some sort of music recital. Um, and you can picture this. You can picture like the eight-year-old sitting down at the piano and they start to play Hoss Cross, Cross Buns or whatever. It's like, da, da, brr. Sorry, 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 sorry. I got this. I got, hold on, sorry. Da, da, brr. Sorry, sorry. I got it. I'll get. Anybody been there? Experience this? Or maybe it's at home. Maybe um, you've worked at something really hard. You get it down. You know you have it. And then the grandparents come over and your parents make you show off and you're a little nervous, and you try to like dust out the song that is fresh on your fingers. You've been practicing it, you know it, you're ready for your recital, but for whatever reason in the moment, you hit that third note, and then what do we immediately do? Oh, I think, I have yet to notice this, I think almost every kid does the exact same thing. What do we do? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I gotta start over again until I get it perfectly right. Sarah's laughing because she sees this literally for her whole life, like all day, every day, every minute. But what is that instinct? What is it? What is it about trying to do something challenging and not quite getting it, and yet allowing our struggle or our challenge to totally derail us and cause us to go back to the beginning and start all over again? Because it seems like it's almost universal. And it's really obvious when you have a room full of like parents and aunts and loved ones listening to you play piano and you go, oh, sorry. I mean, we've all heard that. We've seen that. But let's be honest. How many of us do that in our adult lives? All the time. We miss that 
deadline, we apologize. We go back to the beginning. We try to start over because we want to get it perfectly right. We put that PowerPoint up and realize the bullets were just a little off on the bottom. We're like, I'm so sorry, everyone. I got to go back and fix it, and then we can have a meeting again. I mean, there are so many moments where we carry that through, that sense that when we start and try something, we are supposed to be perfect from the beginning. We are supposed to nail it. What is the point of all of that practice if, if, when we go to perform, we are not exceptional, right? I mean, we all get sucked into this need to be perfect. Even if we don't know how we define perfect, even if some of us, perfect is a lot sloppier and messier than others, um, perfect does not necessarily have the same definition for every person. Um, but there is the sense that if we see something in our mind, visualize it going a certain way, and it does not go that way, we are all that eight-year-old kid at the piano who stops and gets stuck and says, I'm so sorry, let me start over. I know I can do it better. Why is that? I did this performance class in college. I was doing voice lessons with this crazy woman. She was very lovely. She was very into musical theater. Everyone's already picturing who this person was. Um, one day I was doing a voice lesson. She sat on top of me to try to get me to strengthen my diaphragm a little bit. Like you can picture this voice teacher. Um, she was nuts and I loved her and I learned so much. And the thing that I took away from that class was not any of the techniques or her craziness. Um, it was that she had a performance class every Friday. So every Friday, all of her students were required to attend this hour-long performance class. And no matter what you were working on, whether you had just started it or you've been working on it for six months, you were required to do something. It didn't matter what it was, something that you had been working on, you had to stand up, perform it in front of everybody, and get critiqued. Who doesn't love to stand up in front of everybody and put out something really vulnerable and then stand there while people weigh in with their opinions. It was incredible. It was so freeing to be able to miss the third note and be reminded by everybody in that room because you're all in the same boat. No, it's not about getting it perfect. It is about standing up with confidence and moving forward. It is about allowing whatever you do have to be shared and to, to shine and to learn and, and know that you're in a safe place. So when you miss the note, no one cares about the note you missed. They want you to succeed and keep going and get to the end. I mean, it was amazing. I had so many moments where I stood up and just had no idea what I was doing or where I was starting, and people would jump in. They would help and say, oh, yeah, I, I did this piece once. It's really, this, that one's really tricky. It goes like this. And they'd even, like, pop in for a couple measures just so I could, like, get my sea legs so that I could keep moving. And the point wasn't to correct or admonish or put me in my place or make me feel small. The point was all of us, all of us need this reminder, need a hand to help us remember that we don't have to get stuck on the third note when it's wrong. We can keep playing the piece. And here's the thing. A truly excellent performer is not perfect at their craft. But you can't even tell because they have a confidence that allows them to know that perfection is not the goal and to keep moving. And we've all been to that concert where the bandmates start to look at each other behind the lead singer because he starts singing the third verse again, even though we've already done it. Um, we've been in those moments where we, we see somebody drop a, a mallet in a drum line or whatever that is. And the show must go on is not just like a fun little saying. Like it does go on. I mean, if you truly are able to get to that 
place in life where you do this for a living or professionally, or you've practiced a lot at it, even as an amateur, you realize that the difference between starting out and learning how to do something, to act, to, to sing, to play an instrument, whatever, and being able to perform is not getting stuck not getting derailed by all those moments that say you didn't do it perfectly, go back to the beginning. It is such a hard instinct to push against, isn't it? Because we know we can do it better. We see it differently. (sighs) We've all been there, and we might all be there again, but Paul reminds us as we move backwards a little bit in our letter to the Philippians um, that there is so much in our past that informs our present, but But we carry one another forward together in in this pursuit, not of perfection, but perseverance. It is so easy to get derailed, to get stuck, to get stuck in our own longing to do something differently or better, to get stuck by other people's comments or, or what we perceive as criticisms or critiques that just cause us to totally stop what we're doing and move into that zone. Um, It is so easy to get stuck in the way that we think things should go and want things to go instead of the way that they are going, that we just can't begin to figure out how to proceed and to put another foot forward and to keep going. And Paul writes about all of the ways that he in his life had had confidence and surety and certainty and recognized that he screwed up. All of these moments um, preceding our reading for today um, where he thought because of who he was or how he was or what he believed that he had figured it out. He had made it. He had achieved perfection. He was correct. And then Jesus comes smashing into his life and says, no, (laughs) actually, the true gift, the true uh, skill, the true thing we hone as people of faith is not the ability to figure it all out or have ultimate certainty or confidence or put it all together or execute it perfectly. It is to keep moving. It is to not get derailed by all those little moments where things do fall apart or they are a little adversarial or that comment does cut deep. It is to remind ourselves um, that we follow an example, we follow a reminder of what it looks like not to have everything go according to plan, but instead to have God present in all of those moments that could derail us and instead to allow some sort of movement forward towards a different and a better future. I mean, Paul says, I follow Christ. Christ, not who rode in triumphant victor. Christ who died on a cross. I follow a God, not the God who came in and waved a magic wand and made everything perfect and right. I follow a God who waded into the the dirtiness and the uncertainty of this world and said, I am right here in the middle of it with you. Let's move forward together. A God even who faces death and violence and all of our worst impulses at people and still, still is able to pull out of that imperfection love and new life. I mean, Paul says this, this is what we strive for. We strive to be persistent in our moving forward, our following, our faith that God is with us as we stumble and trip and mess up, that we can continue to push towards the goal because it is not about getting it perfect before all things achieve perfection. It's really hard to hear, isn't it? We like things to go according to plan. I 
have so many stories of imperfect moments in the starting of Sanctuary. And we're sort of moving into, um, in, in January, we're going to start thinking about what it means that we've been together for 15 years. It's hard to believe. Um, long time and a lot of moments where the way things were supposed to go were not the way things went. When we started out um, in this place on the O'Leary's deck, um, just down the street, and uh, you can imagine how that goes in New England to start a church on a deck. All the neighbors thought we were a cult. Everyone we invited to come said, yeah, that's neat. Yeah, cool. Great. Yeah, we'll, we'll come someday. Um, there were six of us most Sundays. Um, I just feel like I should point out the O'Leary family has five members. Um, and we would drag a TV out onto their deck and a uh, little cajon, and we'd play music on this beautiful spot. And uh, that, was, that was pretty much it. Um, there were like five to seven of us that would show up on this deck. And, and six months into trying to figure out how it would look to be a church together, um, Carla sort of just looks at me and says, we got to go somewhere else. Like, I love cleaning my living room every week for this, but this is not where we're supposed to be. And it was a good thing because my pursuit of perfection would say, no, we got to nail this. We got to get this just right before we can move on. Um, all of the, the wisdom and the knowledge that uh, exists in the world about starting a new church um, says this. First, you need critical mass, and then you gather together for worship. Um, so at that time, all these books are saying, we need to gather like 250 people. And then when you have 250 people all gathered and ready, then you start your first church service. We've never had 250 people. <laughs> We've never had 250 people in the same place at the same time. And if we're waiting for this perfect moment where we have this perfect number to do this perfect thing, it never would have happened. I needed Carla to lean over and say, just keep moving. Just keep going. Persevere. It is not about this moment or this challenge or waiting for the perfect alignment of things to occur. You just have to keep moving. So we kept moving. Um, we encountered um, some Methodists that were closing down what um, was happening at Marshall United Methodist Church, where we currently sit and dreaming of doing something new, uh, starting a new church. Well, it's funny. Marshall's not a really big place. So if you have two groups of people trying to start a church together— um, it makes a lot of sense not to each try to achieve their own perfection, but instead to work together through all of our imperfect mess. Um, I'm a Lutheran pastor. Most of us grew up Catholic or not anything in particular at all. Um, we're connected then to this Methodist church. And guess what? The, the very first question was about working together and coming into the space. What do you think the very first question was as we left the deck and came into this big empty building? Who gets the credit? If this works, what's it going to be? Are we going to be a Methodist church? Is this going to be a Lutheran church? Are we going to be non-denominational? Which is a denomination, just for the record. Um, I mean, what, what a stumbling block. What a moment. We could have gotten stuck in all of the constitutions and legal descriptions and, and all of the bylaws and the books and all the things that tell us that we need to do things in a certain way. And instead, somehow, for whatever reason, God pulled us forward through the mess without anything being perfectly figured out with a lot of unanswered questions that are still unanswered and we probably will never answer them because it doesn't matter because look at what God has done in this place and I will never forget. Oh, it's beautiful. One of our first Sundays, we were worshiping at night. 
Um, we ripped all of the, the gold carpeting that was in here out, and it was uh, a giant project to, f to finish this concrete floor. So most of the building, two-thirds of the building, was under negative air because they were grinding concrete. So you can picture this. It's like E.T., so this entire building is like shrouded in plastic and there's big blowers and no one is allowed to enter um, the front door, this door, any of the doors. The only entrance that we could use to get into the building were the stairs off the preschool playground um, with a railing that did not really exist at the time. And we're going to start having service here. So we're up in Ellis Hall. There's nice like linoleum on the floor. The walls are canary yellow. There are some folding tables and some folding chairs. And I have a little tiny projector that I took out of my living room. And we tipped a folding table over and projected onto it because that was the best like blank space we could get. And the building's under negative air. And we can't really gather a whole lot of people because we only own so many folding chairs. Uh, and our friend Dane wanders in. Okay, here's the thing. I don't know how experienced all of you are in starting congregations, but if a 20-something walks in and wants to be part of a church, that is like a unicorn. That is like a mythical creature that does not exist in the wild, let alone coming to you. Um, I mean, Dane walks in and like, oh, oh, welcome to our projector on a broken folding table in a room that is the only room we can occupy up some shaky stairs because the rest of the building is permanently, like, like uh, temporarily condemned. Um, I mean, it, just this moment where everything was imperfect. It was just falling apart. It was not the way that I dreamed any of these things would go. Dane's still around. He's on our leadership team. Um, I tell the story, and I look back at that moment with such embarrassment. And just like, oh, how, how far have we come? If you ask him, he says, oh, it's awesome. It was a beautiful moment. Like, how real, how raw. Like, if you can't sit down and sing some songs and think about what God is doing in our life on a, a rusty folding chair with some words projected on a broken folding table, then where, what can you do? Where can you go? I mean, these chairs are nice, but they're not the point. This room now is beautiful. That's not why we put all this energy and effort into this place. I mean, I feel like so many of those moments have occurred in this place, in my journey with sanctuary in these last 15 years, where I was beating myself up because things were not perfect. I, I was embarrassed or ashamed or, or reluctant to share what we had going on because we didn't have it all together. We still don't have it all together, by the way. And yet, those moments are exactly the moments that, that Paul writes about, that we are able to look back on and not get stuck by, but instead use to propel ourselves forward. I mean, that third note, when we miss it, it's a mistake, but it's not the end of the world. It's not something that totally derails the song. If we keep moving forward, if we're able to dig in, encourage one another, find some perseverance, we realize that God is present in that moving forward too. I mean, that perfection has never been the goal. That true gratitude comes from the ability to persevere. A lot of people over the years have said, oh, yeah, I really want to come visit Sanctuary sometime, but my life's a mess. So, I mean, you all have it all put together. So until I have it put together, I'm not going to come in here. Um, look at the people who laugh the hardest at that, and you'll know who's dealing with some stuff. I mean, the reality is there is this sense 
not just for us, I think all over the place, that we need to be perfect first and then we'll figure it all out, that we need to have all of our ducks in a row, everything figured out, all those bullet points evenly spaced, and then things are going to go really, really well. Except it is not about perfection. It is about moving forward. And we are never truly grateful when we finally do get the third note right because we have spent so much time apologizing and missing it and feeling badly about ourselves that by the time you actually stop saying sorry and you play hot cross buns perfectly, you're mostly just sad or embarrassed or frustrated. If the goal was perfection, by the time we reach that perfection, we're exhausted and we're not able to do anything else. Instead, Paul writes, persevere, push forward, know that God goes with you through that missed note to remind us that that true gratitude is possible when we realize that we are all moving forward together towards this blessed and beautiful life that God has laid out for us, and that we don't have to always align with that and always get it right to eventually get there. I mean, may we be people who find gratitude not in our perfect execution, but instead in our collective perseverance. May we help one another push through those moments that we find awkward or challenging or embarrassing and be reminded that they are not the point, that a beautiful song can still be played even if the third note was wrong that we together are able to achieve moments where God transcends all of our own needs to get things done in a certain way and reminds us that nothing can separate us from God's grace and love from one another. I mean, may we not let our need for perfection get in the way of our messy relationships with God and one another. May we instead persevere and see that we are all holding this together so that we may experience that true beauty of just playing through the song. Amen?